Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Today, we're going to be starting a new season for a podcast. And so I invite you to join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. How do you give people the joy of knowing how their gift is being used to impact the world? Well, answering that question is what drove Jeff Kluwer to found ViewSpark. And let's find out today exactly how he did it. Here I am, I'm in this, this medical lab watching these students, you know, six students use the new microscope that Mrs. Jones donated in Dr. Kutzia's lab. And I'm saying to myself, why can't I pick up my phone, take a 30 second video of these new students, or the, of these students using this new microscope that, that Mrs. Jones donated. Why can't I take a 30 second video and send it to that specific donor? Welcome to the Ministry of Scale podcast. Well, today I'm super excited to have Jeff Kluwer joining us. Uh, Jeff has created an amazing app called ViewSpark. It makes it super, super easy to record and send videos directly to your donors. But we're going to learn a lot more, more about that as we go along. So Jeff, welcome to the Ministry of Scale podcast. Hey, Chad, thanks so much. Excited to be here and, and great to be working on some things together and have a yeah. chance to talk. Yeah. So, so first, just tell our audience a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the digital space, and and how did you how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good question. Well, uh, in terms of my background, I had my 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 dream job was professional baseball, and I um, was able to play professional baseball for a few months, and then when that dream ended, I was twenty four and had to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Um, and so, uh, ended up in some different things and then I got involved in fundraising and I, I've been in fundraising for about almost 30 years. And, um, I spent some time on the agency side. Then I was at, uh, university of Southern California, worked at the cancer center there and worked at a Christian school. And I worked for Joe Torrey, you know, tying in my baseball background, uh, when he was the manager of the Dodgers and helped run his foundation on the West coast. And, uh, then back at USC, uh, and, uh, and which is where ViewSpark happened out of, out of my work at USC. But I've been around fundraising most of my, in fact, all, I should say all my life. Uh, my father, who is the co-founder of ViewSpark, spent 50 years at World Vision mm. and was executive vice president. I think he was employee number 25 or something like that at World Vision. And wow. now they've got hundreds of thousands of people around the globe. Um, but I've, I was around fundraising my entire life with him you know, watching him on the TV specials and, and asking for donations. And so it's kind of been in my blood my whole life. So I, so I just got to ask growing up with a father, um, with a, a more of a high, high profile, a little bit more high profile, at least a high profile organization. And I'm guessing you probably saw him travel a lot. What, what were some of the things that you learned that you find yourself applying in your, uh, in your, in just in life in general today? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I he did travel quite a bit. Uh, we traveled as a family. In fact, I was born in Hong Kong. We lived in Vietnam, lived in the Philippines. Wow. And then uh, you know, I've I think I've been around 75 countries in about 75 countries. Um and through that, you know, I think what's what's interesting is you, you develop a a picture of the world, kind of a mm. big picture of what's happening in the world. And so choices that we make 
in my family, uh, a lot are influenced by what I have seen around the world and the need that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And really trying to give my kids, I've got a 11 year old son and a 13 year old daughter, trying Mm -hmm. to give them a bigger picture of the world outside of Carlsbad, San Diego, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and and say, let me, let me tell you what's happening over here. Let me tell you what's happening over there. Uh, And having seen it, you know, I've got pictures from my childhood in, in uh, emergency relief villages, world vision disaster response villages with kids with nothing. And I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a five-year-old kid walking around with these kids, probably not really understanding what was happening, but that did deeply impact me. And it's something mm-hmm. I carry and try to pass on to my children as well. I, I love what you just said there, just around the experience of visiting 75 countries, the, the perspective that you bring, and then wanting to impart that to your kids. Mm-hmm. One of my daughters has had the opportunity to, to travel internationally overseas several times. You're absolutely right. It just, it changes the way that we view the world. Yeah. After yeah. going on a missions trip to Haiti myself, coming back, it was like, wow, we, 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 we don't know. We don't know how blessed we are until we see how people are in other, other parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the phrase first world, first world problems. Um, yeah. it's, it's probably a whole other podcast to talk about that. And, you know, what is the reality of how we live uh, as Christ followers and, yeah. and yet what we see around the world and, and, you know, the issues my children are having with their school and, and, you know, it's so minimal compared to what really is happening in, in, in other parts of the world. Uh, but keeping perspective on that. Yeah. So, so tell us about ViewSpark and, and specifically from the angle of the, of just what the innovation process looked like, like what, how, where did the idea of ViewSpark come to be? Yeah. How did you, how did you start testing it? And then when did you, when did you decide to, to launch, launch it out? Yeah. And then just talk to us about that journey. Yeah. Good, good question. Well, so ViewSpark, uh, we launched in 2017, but the story starts before that. Uh, I would say I, it was probably early two thousands. I was sitting in a Chili's restaurant with my dad and another colleague of his, uh, Chili's in Monrovia and uh in which is los angeles um and we were talking about the need to share updates from the field with donors and my dad if he were on this podcast uh by the way my dad is 83 years old 84 Mm. years old and is an absolutely brilliant fundraiser has been doing it for so long um and is an unbelievable mind about fundraising but we were having this conversation and, and my dad's phrase, he said, you know, at World Vision, we did such a great job of feeding people, of providing education, building wells and schools and all that. But we did not do a good job of ministering back to the donor. At his phrase, hmm. he says, we didn't bring the joy of giving to donors. We didn't hmm. do a good job of telling them this is what's happening with your gift, sharing impact. And so we were sitting in Chili's. And uh, we were saying, man, wouldn't it be great if there was a way to share this, you know, these updates from the field? And uh, boy, you know, we would need a device, you know, some type of a device for a for a fundraiser or a program director to have in the field so they could capture a little video or a picture or something. You know, of course, this is before iPhones came out and um, we talked about it. I think they they dabbled with a little bit of World Vision. 
but never really could make progress. Then, of course, iPhones happened and, and uh, the devices were, were created. And uh, then, you know, for me, what happened, I was at USC, and this is back in 2015 or so. Uh, mm-hmm. I was working at University of Southern California. I always have to clarify, USC, University of Southern California, not South Carolina, because uh, some people, when I talk to clients, are, oh, you, uh, University of South Carolina. Yeah, no, yeah, University yeah. of Southern, uh, at USC. And uh, I was an associate dean. Uh, I'm running the fundraising for the School of Gerontology. I'm running a $50 million campaign as part of the $6 billion USC campaign. The only reason I tell you the numbers is because we were raising so much money. We had all these resources, but here I am, I'm in this, this medical lab watching these students, you know, six students use the new microscope that Mrs. Jones donated in Dr. Kutzia's lab. Mm. And I'm saying to myself, why can't I pick up my phone take a 30 second video of these new students or the, of these students using this new microscope that, that Mrs. Jones donated. Why can't I keep, take a 30 second video and send it to that specific donor or those 10 donors that helped fund all the, all the, the, the beaker bottles, all the other things that were around th- th- that microscope. And it just didn't exist. And of course, back then we had crowdfunding, we had social media, website development, but no no way, no simple way to capture a, a 30 second video and send it out across text or email. And so uh, I talked more with my dad. It's like, hey, you know, we had this idea back then, you know, with iPhones, maybe we could make something work. So uh, I had some uh, some of our donors and friends of ours say, we have to have this. And it's really interesting, Chad, you know, talking with donors who became our mm. investors. Uh, mm-hmm. And they said, we want to know this. And in fact, one of my one of my investors uh, in ViewSpark, very very wealthy man, he said to me one day, he said, "You know, I, we give money to this organization. We give a a pretty good amount of money, and uh, you know, we've never heard anything back from them. But we hmm. assume they're doing good work, right? I mean, are they doing good work? <laughs> it's like it would be so much easier to give him an update and tell him what's happening, and so." You know, we received the funding. We I left USC in 2015, raised capital for about a year or so, and we launched mm-hmm. um, we launched ViewSpark in 2017, and uh, that's when we went off and running. And actually, in that process, I just I my dad and I just started started calling nonprofits that we knew, and we just said, "Hey, would you give would you give this a try? You know, we we think it's going to work." We got 10, 10 pretty diverse clients to try ViewSpark in the fall of 2017. And they knocked it out of the park. It was great response, not just in the fundraising that they did and the money that they raised, but also hearing from their donors saying, we finally mm. feel like we're behind the fence. We finally see what's happening with our money. And um, that was really great affirmation that we're on the right track of, of mm-hmm. providing something for the, for the fundraising industry. So, so I'm curious, as you launched a new t- initiative, you raised some funds for it, you were getting some early adopters. How many was in that early adopter group and how often do you, did you communicate with them and how did you get feedback from them and, and what did that process look like? Yeah, good, good question. Well, we started with about, I think it was about 10 clients and everything from yeah. a missionary raising their personal support to a, a pretty large uh, global international relief organization, a couple of rescue ministries, uh, rescue mm-hmm. missions. And, and it really, they, the reason we, went with those clients is because they're people that we knew that trusted us. And we said, you know, Hey, here's, here's what we think is going to happen. We talked pretty regularly 
uh, almost weekly about the use case of ViewSpark and how to get it out. And in fact, one of our one of the early learnings, Chad, that was really really fascinating for us. Sunday Breakfast Mission um, is one of our clients, and I believe yours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent out a ViewSpark. It was a really cold day, and they're in uh, in uh, Delaware. Delaware, yeah. And um, they had a really really cold day, and Reverend Layman, the the uh, the executive director went outside to record a, vi- a ViewSpark video and, and talk about how cold it was. And so, and, and yet, but everybody was inside and thanking donors to make it possible for everybody to be inside and safe during this cold weather. Well, so he sends this ViewSpark out again. This is really early on and I get it and I look at it and you can't hear him talking because the storm, it's such a big snowstorm. The wind is blowing into his microphone that he's trying to talk mm. into and it's like well i'm starting outside and it's really cool and, and, and i'm like i said this is a total disaster this is a total disaster you can't hear him you know of course you can stand he's standing there the crazy thing that happened was thousands of dollars came in thousands really? and thousands of dollars came in and i you know what we could take away and it's been a principle that we've used with all of our clients moving forward is the more raw and real you make the content the better. It was a true story. He's standing outside in the cold. You got enough of a feel for what was happening, and fortunately, he you know you could hear him say thank you uh, that everybody was inside. That really made a difference. But it helped shape the product of ViewSpark mm. to continue to encourage people. You don't have to use uh, you know really creative cuts and and putting videos together and scrolls at the bottom. Keep it raw. Keep it real and simple, and and get it out there to donors. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, that is so often we'll see a polished video and we'll think that that's the most effective one, but, yeah. uh, yeah. How much more effective is pe- people just want to see real people. They want yeah. to, to see people as they actually are. And, yeah. um, yeah. what, so, so there's the technology side of creating ViewSpark. But there's also the people side of encouraging people to use it. And so what are some of the ways that you've been able to encourage people or to help them see the value of ViewSpark yeah. and really ingrain it into their process? Yeah, good good question. And, and that that's actually all related to our ViewSpark Academy. And mm-hmm. so with our clients, and, and you've heard the analogy, like you hand someone the keys to a Porsche and you've got to, you know, how do you drive that or some type of fancy car? I'm not a car guy, but, you know, think about it driving a fancy car, we, we early on, we did find like we were handing people this amazing technology in a simple way to provide real-time video updates to donors and raise more money and increase retention. But a lot of them didn't know how to use it. And so what we built with our ViewSpark Academy was uh, now we provide 52 weeks of strategy. So every week we, we provide a strategy to our clients uh, we do it in a written form. Every quarter they get a, a written document, an email document that says, this is what we recommend uh, for, for ViewSparks. The cadence, by the way, we recommend is one a week. You know, if you send one okay. ViewSpark a week, maybe once a month, ask for a gift. Does but that maybe mean one, one week, per week per like, like per individual that you're sending out? So create one ViewSpark and send it to all of your donors. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That, it, or okay. a segment of your donors. Yeah. Or segment. And, yeah. and, and, and the key is, um, you know, it's, it's once a week and it's a prayer request. It's an update. It's a thought. 
And mm-hmm. then, you know, drop in the needs here and there. Hey, we need, we need this. Or, we, you know, one of our clients needed a forklift and they, you know, say, hey, we need a new forklift, raise $30,000 for that. Um, but our, our ViewSpark Academy will, will provide that strategy of, of that weekly ViewSpark. We also do quarterly webinars uh, with mm-hmm. teaching best practices and training. And then I, like I started to mention, I, I will do a weekly ViewSpark out to our clients and provide feedback and teaching and training because we're, we're so close to this industry. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, a few, uh, six months ago or so, we saw some research that said, if you add the word video, video colon to your subject line, you'll see a 19% increase in open rates. And that was a that was not a mm-hmm. ViewSpark finding. That was like, I think it was a Google finding. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, you know, I hopped on, grabbed, uh, grabbed my phone, recorded a 30 second, video to our to our clients and just said hey we found this research make sure you're implementing this and sure enough a lot of our clients are using that now and it's a real big win so we we provide a lot of that teaching and training so you don't just have the technology but you're learning best practices and how to use it and how to maximize it the example you just gave there, there's a there's a phrase in this industry that some kind sometimes is called eating your own dog food and <laughs> it's like you've created a tool but what you just described is you're actually using that tool yourself to yes. communicate back to your audiences. So you're eating your own dog food to know exactly how well it's doing. Have you yes. gotten any learnings from you yourself using it to communicate with your key stakeholders? Oh, absolutely. In fact, early on, um, you know, your view sparks, we, we limit to 60 seconds. We want videos to be brief. Mm-hmm. The research shows you lose audiences after 39 seconds. So that's about the right length of time. And I use the phrase regularly, uh, we don't make the rules, we just observe them. So it's not that ViewSpark is saying your video needs to be 39 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, the industry that, you know, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, anything, TikTok, 39 seconds is kind of the max. Well, early on, uh, we had videos set for 15 seconds. Because again, the thought was just really quick, short updates. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to communicate with clients and I've got like one little feature that I wanted them to know about. Like, I can't get it done in 15 seconds. So I think we might've gone to 30 seconds and we landed on a minute. Uh, And then we saw that research around 39 seconds. So absolutely, it it was very, uh, very good to use it myself and see the, and and be able to develop the product that way. That's that's great. And I think for, for organizations that are doing innovation, it's important that you're able to get real life users and even you yourself using it so that you can, you can get, get actual feedback because yeah. sometimes, you know, we'll create something, get it out there and just think it's working one way, but it's being used completely different. Right. Right. I had a, I had a client call me one time and she said, she said, you didn't tell me I'm like, what did I not tell you? She goes, this is a great tool for employees. Uh-huh. And I thought, what do you mean? She goes, we have 300 employees. They're all over the city in multiple locations. And with ViewSpark, we have a segment for called employees. And our executive director, president, can record a 30-second message and send it to employees with the, you know, kind of the thought of the week or whatever. That's fabulous. That's brilliant. Well, I'm a fundraiser. I didn't have 300 employees. You know, I didn't ever have to deal with that. So it just wasn't even in my wheelhouse. So great to hear that. And, and of course, now we've got folks using it with volunteers and, and other things along yeah. those lines as well. So, yeah, that's great. So in the last couple of weeks, we have seen in the news about the tragedy, the terrible wild, wildfires that are happening yeah. over Maui. And, and I, I know you have 
one of your rescue missions as a client of yours over there. Just talk to us about how how um, how ViewSpark has made a difference in the way that they've been able to communicate in this midst of a, a real disaster. Yeah, really, really tragic to see what's happening there. And what what is what's so I don't know the right word fascinating. We my family and I were just there uh, two mm-hmm. weeks before the fire, a week and a half before the fires, and and the restaurants wow. we ate in are gone. Uh, the streets we walked in are torched. Uh, so it's just, it's even more personal. Like, well, we were just there. Wow. Um, what was interesting is Maui was just in the process of going live with ViewSpark. They'd signed up, we were onboarding them and uh, they're a very small organization. And what's really neat about their ministry is they're all mobile. They're, they're based on mm. a, mobile, uh, a mobile unit that goes out into the community, provides showers. And, and I mean, I go on and on about their great ministry, but one thing that's really neat is they have they've gone out with services and now there are other organizations that go with them and so Hmm. maui provides showers and and personal care items and whatnot well another group comes and brings food well another group comes with them and brings uh dental care and like they just move around maui and provide these services to people this is before the fire well we were in the process of onboarding them the fires hit and uh we got them live and in fact one of their uh board members john savage who helped uh, start the uh, Maui Rescue Mission, uh, sent out the first ViewSpark and was able mm-hmm. to record it. I mean, there, there was no cell phone reception in Maui. They, they were not mm-hmm. able to get messages in and out for about 24 hours. And so John, I believe he was in Orange County, uh, was sent the first ViewSpark and said, hey, we're, you know, just talked with executive director and um, here's what's happening there. Here's the update. And then uh, just to see the response from donors feeling like we're getting the inside information about what's happening to the organization we care about. And they've raised a lot of money and it's been really mm-hmm. powerful to see the updates. And, and then never since then, they've, um, they've been able to send out real-time updates of, you know, hey, here's what's happening. In fact, one of the, uh, one of the videos, the executive director standing in the shopping and in, in the, in the, uh, parking lot of a, of a store saying like I think it was Target or something like we're going to go in and grab supplies here that we can then provide out to the community so uh, just need to be able to see real time what's happening there and not just rely on you know the news but really specific yeah. information about an organization that we care so deeply about. That's great to see the timing of you being able to come alongside a ministry really right in their time of need. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. When the director of Maui, John Savage, when he records that view spark and sends it out, that goes to the individuals who are right directly to their phones, correct? Directly to their phones yeah. so they can yeah. watch it. Do they, do the end users, do they have to have the view spark app installed or no? Okay. No. Talk, the talk end users don't what even, is, yeah. 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 How, how simple is it for the director, like a John Savage to use? And then What's the experience like for the people who receive the the view spark? Yeah, yeah, good, good question. Um, it's really simple. The the end user, the recipients, the donors, the volunteers, the employees, whatever, they do not need the view spark app. Only the fundraiser or communicator needs the app on their phone oh. directly from their mobile device or from their their desktop. I and mean, they could sit here like we're you know on a on a Zoom. They can record a view spark here using their camera. They record the thirty second video. They add a subject line, video colon, uh, you know, happening now. And, um, and then, you know, they can create the, uh, add a few, you know, a sentence or two for content. And so Scott, the executive director in Maui, you know, would, would add some content there. 
to that video. And, you know, the content typically mirrors what you said in the video. Um, you know, hey, here's a quick update from what's happening. Take a listen to the video as I'm standing outside the store, you know, that type of thing. They press, they, they then either select a segment and say, I want this, this ViewSpark to go to all of our donors, which is the default, or monthly donors, or uh, major donors, or these three donors, or this one specific donor. You can target it to whatever segment you've created. You press send, and then the content gets pushed out directly. And it, it, we have what we, we call that's really unique. It's called, a, we call it our hierarchy. We probably, Chad, need to come up with a more creative name than hierarchy, but we've tied email and text together. And so mm -hmm. the content pushes out and it says, okay, well, this is going to go to a thousand donors. Well, out of the thousand, we have 250 cell phone numbers and 750 emails. So the content mm -hmm. will push out and it'll automatically go to email and to text. Mm -hmm. Text is prioritized. And then the system will come back and say, oh, guess what? Out of the 250 cell phone numbers, actually only 225 are real cell phone numbers. So they will get a text. But the other 25, those are landlines or they're discontinued mm. cell phone numbers. Our system, our hierarchy will automatically transition them to email. Mm -hmm. And so the fundraiser doesn't have to do anything. Our system will track all of it. Of course, they can pull reports out uh, so they can then use that for updating their database contact information. But just so simply that they can record that content, press publish, it goes out across text and email. Then the donor gets that content directly in their email or in their text real time as it's happening right away. Um, and one little innovation that, that we just we just launched uh, a couple of weeks ago, we just transitioned all of our clients to MMS text messaging, which mm -hmm. is the multimedia message mm -hmm. service, um, which includes a thumbnail with the text message that goes out. It looks awesome. Perfect. And yeah. you know, our thinking yeah. was if we can move clients to all of this, it, it, it would provide more credibility because the, the recipient would see would see uh, the, the, the organization and be able to, the, the person there and be able to, uh, you know, engage better with the content. Early results are showing a 31% increase in open rates over existing, the, the previous SMS only text messaging. So it's really, really neat to see that innovation happen. That's great. Yeah. So, so just how long does it take? Let, let's say you're recording a 60 second message yeah. on your ViewSpark app. And then when it, how long does that whole process take? Are we talking yeah. like a 20 yeah. minute process? Are we talking a minute and a half process? Yeah. Good question. Our, uh, the, the process of creating a ViewSpark um, takes minutes. Our clients yeah. average seven minutes a week using ViewSpark. Okay. Perfect. Um, and I will tell you as a, as a ViewSpark user over the last seven years or however long it's been now, uh, I've gotten better at it. Um, and so the, what, what used to take me five minutes to create a view spark to get out, uh, now will take me three and it's really, you know, yeah. it's the 30, 40 seconds recording the video, adding the, the, the subject line, writing a paragraph or two spell checking it because, and actually when you write the paragraph, I'll use Siri and just have her record my voice and write the yeah. paragraph. So it's, it's really minutes. Um, where it could take longer, you can add links into the video or into the, uh, into the text, into the copy there. Uh, so there are things like that that could take longer, but yeah, our clients average uh, seven minutes a week managing ViewSpark. If you're in a ministry and you have donors that you're interacting with and, uh, you know, let, let's say it is a rescue mission, or let's say you're, you're building wells overseas. 
what better way? I mean, how would you not have seven minutes to be able to record a video and then let all those donors know the impact that you're having right then? That's uh, yeah, that's true. Well, I could, I could, I can use that as a quote to help us sell more clients, <laughs> help more organizations. So yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, and, and again, what we're finding with it, that we, we, we hear organizations have told us that their open rates, even just with the ViewSpark mm. emails are going, text is such a blue ocean. It's such a new use case. And we could talk more about that. Um, but with email, I've actually had organizations tell me that their open rates and engagement rates with their email is higher with ViewSpark than what they previously done. And maybe they've done MailChimp or Constant Contact, something mm -hmm. like that, or something built into their CRM. And I think what's happening, and again, we can only speculate, but I think donors are getting used to that this is different content. This isn't the yeah. 15 yeah. paragraph polished email with six pictures. This is a raw 30 second update that mm -hmm. candidly, they're probably watching while they're driving or sitting at a stoplight and engaging with, and they've probably gotten used to seeing, oh, this is a, this is, this is content that I want to see. And yep. it's, it's in a format that I can, that I can digest quickly. It's relevant, timely, and easy to access. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so if an, if a ministry says, Hey, how can I learn more about ViewSpark? How can, how can I sign up? How can I test drive it? What's the, yeah. what's the steps? What's the process for, for doing that? Yeah. Really simple. They can go to viewspark.org, V-I-E-W-S-P-A-R-K.org. Uh, and they're right there. It's request more information or request a demo. Uh, we can send them more information. Uh, they can also call us. My, my personal cell phone number, 626-622-0149. Uh, I like... I like to get involved, Chad, directly. I don't know how you are. I just like to hear you know, when, when folks are interested. We've got a team that handles new business and onboarding, all, but I like to talk to everybody as they get involved. Um, the onboarding process is simple. It can take a few days. Uh, Maui went really fast because we were in, in, a, in a simple, in a, in a bit of a rush there. Um, and then it's, it's just a month to month subscription. We don't do mm -hmm. uh, long contracts where it's three years or whatnot. My sense, you know, I guess having been, been in the nonprofit space for 30 years, having sat in the chairs of the executive directors and the directors of development, I just wanted to make it as easy as possible. And so it's like, hey, yeah. look, we're going to provide a great product. It's a month to month subscription. Try it yeah. out. Try it for six months. Don't try it for one month. Uh, you know, they'll try it in July or something, one of the slower <laughs> months, you know, but try for six months, try for nine months and see what happens. And you'll be very pleased to see the results uh, that you get from it. That's great. Yeah. So, you reach out to ViewSpark, you'll be able to connect directly with Jeff and uh, walk you through that, walk you through that process. What is one book or blog or resource that you've read recently that you can recommend to our audience? Uh, good, good question. I like to read. I do a lot of reading. Uh, I, I actually read a lot of Brennan Manning stuff. I love mm. his stuff. Uh, but as it relates to fundraising, let's focus back on fundraising. The one book that I, that I keep coming back to uh, we all know Andrew Olson, who is an absolute brilliant fundraiser. We used to work together at the Russ Reed Company. He wrote this book, 101 Biggest Mistakes uh, That Nonprofits Make. This is, this mm. is like a, a Bible for fundraising. I mean, I, I, it's not a book that you read straight through. Uh, mm. And Andrew would be okay probably if, I, if he heard me say that. Uh, but it's a book that you, you, you reference. And there is mm -hmm. so much information in this book. Uh, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I avoid that problem there? Uh, Andrew's been around the block. 
uh, and he's pulled, he pulled in several of us. Actually, I think I have a chapter in there as well. Um, but uh, he's pulled several right. people together to contribute to that book. And it's really been a great resource to keep coming back to. Uh, and I've been looking at it for, for several years and, right. and, and even as recently as today. So that's something I really, really count on. That's great. I don't think I've, I've read that one. And it's great. How much does Andrew touch on the digital space, digital fundraising in, uh, in the book? There's a few chapters in there. There are okay. a few chapters in there that, okay. that are in there. And they, the Great. interesting thing though, Chad, with, with digital, um, and, and you know this as well with 5Q, it changes daily. And so yeah. you, you, know, you put out, you publish a book, uh, whether it's Andrew's book or a different book, and, and you know, a week later, it's, it's irrelevant information. And so, you, you know, this whole MMS texting is a huge, huge uh, yeah. development. And that took us a few years to get to, uh, to develop. Um, text messaging, you know, we just did some research uh, on text messaging. And uh, one, of, uh, one of my colleagues came, uh, um, Dave Rayleigh. I was talking with Dave yeah. Rayleigh um, uh, with Imago Consulting. Yep. And he, was, he had done this research and said, hey, look, if you look at, you know, every, every organization sends emails, every nonprofit sends emails. For every 100 emails that go out from the nonprofit space, only five text messages get delivered. So mm. there's significantly fewer people communicating with text than email. And with text, there's a 95% open rate. Mm. So you've got 100 emails. You want to compete in that space or do you want to get involved with texting where only five messages are going out and you've got this incredible open rate? That's innovation that is significant. And uh, yeah. again, that, yeah. that number will change in, in two months. It'll change in three months. Uh, and so, you know, you yeah. really have to kind of stay up with the latest things in, in the digital space, but probably digitally as opposed to a book. Great principles, but yeah. That, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. The tactics change. You know, the latest thing right now is AI and how's that going to impact. But the principles, right. the principles of solid fundraising, solid communication, the principles are the same. And yeah. Um, yeah. Learning, yeah. learning those solid principles and learning yeah. how to apply them to the latest technology and then watch the trends. That's uh, yeah, that's where it's at for sure. I can remember uh, as a child staying up, you know, late cause the 15 hour world vision special was on and my dad was going to be on TV and there he was in the hut in Africa and you know, the phone numbers at the bottom and he would always talk about the village, you know, here's what mm. world vision is doing in this village. And then he would come down and let me tell you about Luswata this one mm. child and it was mm -hmm. the child sitting with it. He doesn't have food today, but thanks to world is, you know, we, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. that principle of talking about everything, mm -hmm. but then coming down to that one specific individual or need is exactly the same. It's exactly what you're saying, Chad. What's mm -hmm. changed is the medium. You know, mm -hmm. it used to be the 15 hour, I'm, I'm joking, a three hour world vision special, <laughs> you know, where he's in Africa. Now it's the 30 second video sent via text that you're looking at on your phone as opposed to watching on your television. And by the way, you can click a button to make a donation as opposed to you can't click your TV. Yeah. So the fundraising principle is the same. You always want to tie it back to an individual specific need or a person that's, yeah. be, that's being helped. Um, but the medium has changed. That's uh, yeah. The importance of personalizing it, whether it's yeah. to the audience or the, the person that you're ministering to personalization yeah. is so, so, so key in that. Well, good. 
Well, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Really, really helpful. You had some great, uh, uh, just some good advice on general fundraising, as well as exposing our audience to, to ViewSpark. Um, so if you're listening to this and you haven't tried ViewSpark, please go to ViewSpark.org, um, reach out to Jeff, have him run a demo through with you. Is there any other, what other, like what's your, I know you gave your phone number. We'll have those in our show notes. Um, did you give your email address? What's the best way email for people to connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. They could just send an email to info at viewspark.org. Okay. Uh, I N F O. I would, I would give them my, my direct, and that comes to me. I would give them my J Cleaver at viewspark.org, but no one can spell my last name. So I don't even bother. <laughs> I don't even bother with that one. Just uh, info awesome. at viewspark.org and they can reach out. But Chad, thank you so much. This would be great to be with you. I great to be in partnership with you on so many things and uh, really enjoying the podcast. So thanks. Thanks for inviting me. That's great. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for listening to Ministry at Scale. Until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.